Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk with people who are living lives of purpose and doing amazing things that make a positive impact in our world. We take time to listen to them as they reflect on their life journeys and what has shaped them into who they are today and what motivates them to be involved in what they do. Well, kia ora, everyone, and welcome along to Seeds Podcast. I'm really glad you could join me as we're going to be speaking with Adrian Palmer, and we have a really fascinating conversation about the Addington Coffee Co-op, as well as his role in the band Zed. This is one of those wide-ranging conversations, and I know you're going to enjoy it, so we're going to get straight into it. But if you do, then you might want to check out some of the more than 250 other episodes in the back catalog. And if you're listening to a podcasting app, why not hit subscribe? Now here's my conversation with Adrian. It's a real pleasure to welcome Adrian Palmer, who's the general manager at Addington Coffee Co-op and also of the parent company of that, Liminal. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a while since we've uh, tried to make this happen, so I'm glad I'm finally here. Yeah, I've been chasing you down, trying to get you in the door, but yeah, it's awesome to have you here because I love what Adding the Coffee Co-op is doing. I think it's really a great example of, um, a, I guess, a different approach to business. And this often comes up on this podcast, is that actually maybe there's a different way of thinking about a business, including a place that you can buy coffee. Mm. So we're going to dive deep into that. We're going to find out about that sort of history and and why it was started and what it's actually done and doing in the community. But I'm also curious about some of the other things that I know you're involved in. Um, however, before we go there, I always like to find out about people's stories because this is what the podcast is about. Where have people come from? In your case, could you rewind for us back to say when you were four or five years old, where were you living and what was it like? Gosh, it's, it's back to counselling session here. Like. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> um, yeah, so look, I've, I grew up in Christchurch. I was born here. And so, you know, when I was, when I was four or five, I was, I was living, living in Beckenham, actually, on the south side at a little Catholic primary school, St. Peter's Primary School. You know, I'm an only child, so think what you will of that. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I've grown up in Christchurch and, and went to... Went to South Intermediate and then yeah. Kashmir High School. Yeah, um, I fast forwarded a few years, obviously. Um, yeah, but 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 for me, um, Christchurch has always been home. Yeah, and here I am still. And for your parents, were they from here as well? Or? Yeah, actually, um, my father was. I think he was born in Wellington. Actually, my mother's Austrian. Actually, so she oh, right. immigrated to Australia with her family, sort of post World War Two, uh-huh. and uh, then to New Zealand, and and uh-huh. here I am. I guess it makes me a quarter Austrian. Right. So growing up, was that a big part of your childhood? Like, were there different holidays or uh, something or food? We did have a lot of paprika (laughs) on our food Um, and uh, Venus schnitzel. Like, yeah, I'm not joking. We did. Um, But no, I I don't know any German, but uh, when I hear it, I recognize it pretty well. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't like an active part of your, your upbringing in terms of... Right, this is what it, we did when I was a child, and uh, now we're passing this on. To you know, me. like my my mother's mother moved out here as well in her sort of later years, so we mm-hmm. could look after. Her. And I, I do vividly remember, you know, the journey with her. And she was your, your classic. She was actually Hungarian, and so that very very Eastern European um, and her mannerisms, and very into her classical piano playing. And uh, yeah, I've got vivid memories of of my grandmother mm-hmm. Omi, as we called her, and uh, and my mother. So I, I do remember those those days but that it sort of haven't carried with me mm-hmm. as much now yeah it didn't become a part of your identity I mean, the reason i'm asking about this is that sometimes people will tell me well 
I kind of grew up in New Zealand, but always felt like I had another identity or another nationality was there overarching. Yeah, look, I, I wouldn't say that's a strong thing, but I think when you have a fam, you know, your immediate family is is is, is from overseas mm. and has, has, has fled a war, I suppose. Mm. Um, you're just aware that the world's a bit, a bit of a bigger place than mm. than your little world, yeah. from probably a young age. So yeah, I, I, undoubtedly that's something that I carry, and I'm sure. A lot of the population carries with them, yeah. Yeah. Did they talk about that much in terms of the war and like fleeing and going other places? Uh, a little. I think that was it was pretty traumatic. I think, and so I didn't um, didn't hear a lot. But there's some stories out there that I've I've, I've heard. But yeah, I think um, fi- yeah, there was a very very much a, a approach: find a new life and mm-hmm. make that and um, put the past past behind them. I think so. Yeah. 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 That's cool. And so what sort of things did you enjoy as a child? Were you in the outdoors or inside reading books or a combination? Or? Yeah, my, I was an avid reader. Um, get this a little closer. An avid reader, um, which uh, which these days I struggle with the lack of time to read, but right. I do love reading. <laughs> uh, and my father was a, an, a keen mountaineer and, and, and tramper, so I spent a lot of childhood out mm. enjoying a wonderful country up at Arthur's Pass or Mount, Mount Cook area or mm-hmm. West Coast and uh, that, was, that was a big part of my life actually the outdoors yeah. yeah and what a place to enjoy that you know in New Zealand so yeah well it's a frequent theme on this podcast mm. is how Christchurch is very well placed for go to the ocean go to the mountain Absolutely. go skiing do whatever you want yeah and coming up sort of towards high school age were there certain subjects that you were interested in or yeah yeah, I don't know. I've always been a bit of a jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, um, but music was a was a big thing uh, from a young age t- as well. Uh, How I, did that start? I started with the recorder, which okay. thankfully that's now changed to the ukulele. My kids play ukulele, so it's not quite as screechy. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then just moved on to various instruments, uh, some piano, and and, and landed it, it, it up uh, playing the drums, which some would class as not music, but. Um, yeah, so music's been a big part of my life mm. as well. Yeah. And why did you like the drums? Uh, it's hard to explain. I think when you sit down and can do something naturally okay, mm. and I don't know, it just felt good. Mm-hmm. And it just was, it was like, this is an enjoyable noise to make and an enjoyable way to make it, yeah. <laughs> I think. People and are accepting when I'm making all this when noise. When I'm hitting things, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was, yeah. Yeah. I've got a friend, um, and I'll shout him out, Steve Talbot, and he's a very good guitarist, but he started on the drums. And if you hear him play the drums, you can just hear the passion and the extra little bits that he brings in as a as a drummer. And it's really, yeah, quite amazing. Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters is a, is a primarily a drummer, and he comes mm. through in his guitar playing. When you can you can hear it's it's a percussive, it's a beat when he plays the guitar. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really good. I can't play guitar. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. didn't translate over. No. <laughs> yeah. So talk us through those high school years then. And obviously, I'm really interested in a band you were in. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about maybe that and um, how did that come about? Was music a big part of your high school yeah, time? It was. And at Kashmir at the time, there was a, it was just a healthy music department, very empowering, mm-hmm. um, probably under-resourced, but good leadership, good teachers. So music was a big part of life. Um, I did fine at school. You know, I really liked high school and I liked 
love I've loved, always loved learning and I still love learning whether mm-hmm. that's science or um, you know maths I wasn't particularly good at it but I did enjoy it when I got it mm-hmm. um, so um, music was was big part um, and was it around then that you got a nickname uh, yeah so everyone just calls me age which is fine when you know it but when you don't people get very confused they must it, yeah so. like is this age or age, is it age and they or spell it weirdly and yeah. you know but so, your email sign-off is age. age. That's right. Yeah. So you've accepted it. Yeah, teachers call <laughs> me that, and uh, I get introduced as that now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and even lawyers call me that well, now, Stephen. So well, is yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. And the origin of it is it just I, I your name starts with an A people and reduce things to one syllable, don't they? Yeah. And you you can't fight a nickname, I don't think. So I just went, went with it. Embrace and, it. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a new person, like I'll introduce myself as Adrian. Right. But, yeah. Well, I introduce yeah. you at the start. Yeah. With the full name but you yeah. can flip to age from now can so i all right yeah. yeah well age <laughs> tell me a little bit about um i guess the origins of zed and you know what how did that come about were these people in the same high school or yeah what was that backstory yeah so high school is a great place to meet musicians mm-hmm. and uh and so i met two of my two, two i had actually a friend nathan King, who was the frontman of Zed. So we were friends since Form 1. What's that? Yes. Gosh. Year 7, Year I think. Year 7 now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and before we even played instruments. And then um, and then we met uh, another fellow called Ben, ben Campbell, who was a uh, very talented musician a couple of years below us at Cash Me High. And, yeah, we, we met at high school and eventually formed a this band I think we were called Supra actually back in the day mm-hmm. and you know alongside our studies we we practice and the music department was very encouraging occasionally would let us bunk a math class and rehearse and uh, that that was that was we formed like like all all good bands at school you know rehearsing after school and the weekends and yeah and uh and at what point did you kind of look at each other and think this is something rather than just we're kind of getting together and playing? Oh. Was there like a, I don't know, a concert or something that you played at and you thought, oh, this is this is becoming something? I think we always enjoyed playing together and there was something that gelled between us. And mm. we've actually just got back together in the last year, actually, and done a few shows. And, you know, there's some there's some telepathy there that you just don't get. Mm. You can't force. So there was something there. But I think at that age, you're... Your egos are, are rampant, and you do think you're pretty amazing. <laughs> probably not. So, I don't know. We probably thought we were great and we were pretty terrible at the time. Uh, but I think we enjoyed what we did, and we we're just driven and passionate about it, like anyone mm. in their craft or their what they do, mm-hmm. um, and stuck with it and stuck with it through. I mean, I don't want to jump the gun too far, but stuck with it through university. Mm-hmm. I managed to scrape a degree together uh, just in time before that. The, the music thing blew up for us mm-hmm. and um so you were yeah. playing music right through that because we're to set the scene this is like mid 1990s isn't it yeah. so yeah. 96 97 yeah. 98 yeah yeah so we were uh, we were yeah playing playing at high school and then yeah at, at university i think nathan and i yeah we both went to canterbury down here mm-hmm. and um ben went to jazz school for a while and then the music just got busier and busier and mm-hmm. uh and yeah, we ended up having having a lot of success, mm. which was, you know, even now still feels like pinch me moment. You know, like mm. really, like 
bit of right place, right time, mm. a lot of hard work, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. You just you can't force that kind of thing. Mm. If you could, you do it all the time. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In my experience, though, there's a lot of hard work that goes behind the scenes to get lucky, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know what you subscribe to on that. There's the ten thousand hours thing, or the um, you know various books you can read that explain why people are successful, but. Mm. You, if you could pinpoint it, you would do it all the time. And I think, uh, mm. yeah, we I, we used to have this thing where we'd rehearse on Saturday nights as as teenagers and, and at university. Like, who does that? That mm. to us, that was a a thing. Was like, this is the important thing in life. And so we did have that kind of drive. We'd sacrifice our social, social lives to rehearse, mm. <laughs> you know, uh, as a sort of a badge of honor, which. I don't know how long it lasted, but we tried that. Right. <laughs> so you were committed to it. We, yeah. Yeah. We were. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And what are your memories of that time? Because it's hard to believe, but it's like 20 years oh, ago. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you know the success you were having at the time it was happening? Like, was it, you, you mentioned the pinch me sort of moments. No. Like, is it? No. And like to this day, like we just we just played a show last weekend at 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 Selwyn and Selwyn Sounds, and you know, it's like we were. It still feels like a pinch me moment, right? Um, so of course you you know you can just you see your album rising the charts and you're on the radio and it still feels unreal mm. um, because you're just a bunch of friends mm. playing music and yeah. it happened happen to work. Yeah, the, the first time I heard it on the radio a song, I was just like, this is out of control. Yeah. This is nuts, you know. So eternally grateful, really, mm. for opportunities there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Well, the other day we were trying to set up this this meeting, and I think I told you that on More FM they had the crew cut, okay, and it was one of Zed's songs, and it won the crew cut. So oh, I, I was like, yeah, yeah, you you just won the crew cut. That's good. <laughs> so it's still there. I, I won't ask who we were against. Was there, was there, yeah. <laughs> and the name Zed. I'm I'm just curious. So pardon my questions, but where did that come from? You had the original oh, name, and then I, I don't know. We. Like anything, you you brainstorm names. Names are the hardest things. Yeah. You've got kids or a brand you're trying to start. Gosh, they're hard to come up with. So mm. I think we landed on that. I don't think we ever really loved it at the start. We just went with it. And mm. It's unusual, I suppose, and it had a bit of a New Zealand twang. Mm. When we went to the US for a while, it was pretty difficult because Zed's just a, not a letter. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. These days we actually reference Pulp Fiction, the movie. There's a character Z in that movie, and right. so our little intro track is, is references that, but it has nothing to do with that. The origin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really great. And uh, I guess uh, as you're doing that, what else is going on in life? You you just graduated from university. Did it become the full time? It did. So yeah. 2001, we 2000, we went full time, mm-hmm. um, and recorded an album. And you know, back then that was that was different. It was semi digital, but not what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, production was a lot harder and a lot more expensive. And um, they released that. That went that went really well in New Zealand. Exceeded all expectations. And then, uh, I mean, I can keep I'll keep trudging on the band story. We you know we went to Australia for a while and worked hard there, but. Excuse me. I think, to be fair, and, and then the US as well. Um, so between two thousand and two thousand and five, we um, worked hard in New Zealand and and overseas. Really, just that carrot of overseas success dangling in front of us. Um, 
and like many artists we never really did anything that worked overseas and mm. we had a lot of fun and we toured a lot and had quite a bit of radio success like in germany we were we were really big on the radio but mm. no one knew who we were and so we played all these supporting gigs and we'd play that one song that was that was big and people were like oh you're, you're that band same in australia no one knew us but renegade fighter was used at state of origin when people scored a goal right <laughs> on, on the final you know so we're like you know the dots didn't quite connect um do you think do you think that's because you had a new zealand origin like no, this, no. The, this yeah once again if we knew we would have fixed it so yeah yeah um yeah and i think you know that that's probably quite common these days too mm. with the sort of demise of cds and albums and the songs were everything and so people are probably not connecting songs with artists as much right. as well I would, I would imagine like i do that too I was, yeah i don't really care what i listen to if i love the song yeah. i'm into it yeah a little yeah. bit and so that's probably a thing sort of the commoditization uh, yeah, of the single rather yeah. than the album which i don't i mean you can't lament what's lost i think you move forward and mm. embrace that but um yeah so i think we we had a lot of fun and we never really cracked a big time overseas mm. which probably would have been fun but you know you look at silver linings of that and i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing now mm. if we had perhaps mm-hmm. and who knows i could have got really messed up <laughs> that it happened, so. all the success yeah, yeah i don't know so i i think we had a lot of fun and uh yeah all good things come to an end and i think that was we were over in europe and i think you know you're living it in each other's pockets for several years i think Mm. We, we were still friends but relationships weren't where they were mm. when we started and um various things going on for people in their own lives deaths marriages um other work opportunities and so we decided to call mm. it a day yeah um around then yeah i've, yeah, I've just actually... i just killed zed in front of you is that what you wanted me to say I don't know. <laughs> yeah no but you j- you've just played a gig two weeks ago you said so it's still there yeah we came back to life so yeah <laughs> Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, no, I'm really curious about it. My sister was a professional musician for a while. And so I know from behind, you know, the, the glamour of being on the stage and, and like the image is very different to we got to pack up this gear and we got to get it into the truck and we got to drive three hours to the next city, find a couch to sleep on to play the next thing, right? There's, there's a lot behind Absolutely. the scenes that you, d- you just don't know. I mean, any job's probably like that, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure being a lawyer is the same, or running. I tell you, can tell you, running a cafe is that is the same. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think uh, there's, there's there's more to it behind the scenes, and I think um, things yeah things faded for us. But mm-hmm. um, in hindsight, once again, I think if we if we tried to press on for too long, we might not be back where we are now mm. as well. So yeah, yeah. And it must be satisfying to look at the CDs and you know see the awards and different things and go. That, that was a moment in time and and actually the beauty of music is that it's now there you know absolutely yeah. it, it, it grows up as a soundtrack for people's lives and you put that on a playlist and and it brings back people's memories of being a teenager or you know a young person and that was my song so it's and that's, pretty cool that's how how uh how golden oldies radio stations form mm. you know as as whatever's nostalgic for us at the those formative years Mm. stays with us like the songs I love listening to now where um, I was listening to when I was 15 17 so yeah 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 oh that's cool so what comes next after you kind of the band 
wraps up yep. do you look in the mirror and go well yeah who am i and <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> where never, am I going? never really had a job <laughs> <laughs> until then uh you know apart from sort of manual manual labor jobs through university and whatnot uh yeah i just came back home to christchurch mm-hmm. really and um and yeah so i don't know i did you did you have a idea of what would come next or just not, not at all i i and i've never done that <laughs> just always fallen into everything um so i'm not really a good model for career planning uh you know including z that just happened well it depends how you there. look at it because it could be flipped the other way in that you're open to opportunities that that come your way because some, some people would not have gone into being a band because it you know it the the safer option would be, well, I'm going to get sure. the nine to five yeah. and I'm going to get money and pay off a mortgage. And, you know, like I'm not going to risk things and move to Europe and, and travel. So I guess it's how you, how you describe it. Oh, thanks. I feel very, <laughs> I very, very, feel very strategic now. Uh, no, so I, I came home and I, I've always, I always loved Christchurch and mm. I actually hated, always, always hated being away. Right. And I'm going to, you know, I'd fly back in and just be so happy to see the mm. Alps and the plains and the, mm-hmm. the city. Um, and my friends and my family, you know, they're mm-hmm. just a huge part of my life too. So mm-hmm. uh, I came home and sat around for a little bit, not too long. Um, and I did a couple of things. I met a girl. <laughs> there we go. And got married eventually mm-hmm. in a couple of years after that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ellie. And uh, we're still together. Got two kids now, so that's good. Yeah. And, uh, and then a friend of mine asked me to help him run uh, a big youth event called Easter Camp, uh, which I'd been to as a young person. So it's, it's a sort of church-related event mm-hmm. um, held every year. And I helped helped out that year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they said, oh, you did a pretty good job. You can run it from now on. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so I did that for a few years, actually. So uh-huh. I li- literally just fell into that too. And um, yeah, I think I've discovered over the years that I just, if I jump in something, I'll jump in and, and thrash my way through it and figure it out and mm-hmm. and do the best I can and um, it doesn't really matter what it is I'll I'll try hard and if it doesn't work I'll stop mm-hmm. and if it was working I'll keep going mm-hmm. um, so I did that for a few years and um, and then uh, at the same time I mean I I can move on to the next topic mm-hmm. uh, we're sort of into the is it yeah earthquakes happening oh, type of time pretty that. so then then uh, uh, you know a few a few of my friends were. Uh, moved into the suburb of Addington, mm-hmm. which I, I see has reached national fame in the recent weeks with some stuff article, which is an interesting article. Mm. Um, and, uh, and you know, really just thinking, oh, let's be part of our local community and see what um, it means to, uh, I guess, be, be present in a, in a community and... Uh, make it a better place with the way we live our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, a few of us live in Anderson. Mm. Many of us still do. And um, as part of that, um, we thought uh, economic development is a, is part of what makes a good community as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a balance between, you know, the social and the economic and the, you know, the physical, the mental, spiritual, all those things tied up, I think, for us, which make a healthy and vibrant community. 
And uh, so this was going on at the same time I'm helping run these youth events. And meanwhile, there's no music going on for mm-hmm. me, really. Um, and that's probably been the last, you know, 10 to 15 years is based in Addington and you know, running what is now Addington Coffee Cop, mm. which we can get into how that formed and why yeah. as well. But um, So this was, yeah, so this was moving in before the earthquakes. Mm-hmm. You had already yeah. kind of been based there and, and that community was important, but then it was how can we add more than just social sort of gatherings and things? How can we actually contribute to the economy as well? Yeah, and I think, yeah, for me, a a good community is one that's connected and the fabric of it's, you know, rich and, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, connections is the big thing and that comes through relationships and it um, comes through, um, you know, the the betterment betterment of livelihoods but Mm. not at the exclusion of people as well. Mm. And so I think um, that's often the struggle with, with... with communities as the um, as those on the margins often become excluded from the betterment and I think for us that was something we wanted to avoid if we could mm. um, yeah. so can you just tell us what Addington Coffee Co-op actually is because mm. some people are listening they're in Auckland they're in America they're in the UK or whatever yeah but so tell us what it is but then tell us yeah who, how did it start yeah, well, the the genesis of it actually came from a uh, a trip to Kolkata, India. Actually, um, there you go. There's a nice wee anchor for you to tie in later on. Um, but uh, where we visited some yeah uh, social enterprises over there that we we knew some people that were running those, and they were they were about uh, creating some good jobs for people where where poverty really. Hit had dominated life and mm. and had limited opportunity and i'd never been overseas like that before apart from hotel rooms and in mm. the us and germany touring know, around totally right? yeah <laughs> and you just you know you realize this is still our world this isn't another planet and these are these communities are, are full of people like you and me and um our, our thing was was that this is a connected world um, very much connected, and that that perhaps we should value that connection and actually mm. ensure that we live our lives to, I guess, not not a not um, yeah to 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 that connection matters. There's there's we have we have to live our lives to and not ignore what's going on in the rest of the world and mm. uh, some of those impoverished communities Mm. um and so we thought we still live in new zealand what can we do in new zealand that um actually hasn't not only impact but values that the world is a connected place and we thought um business could be a good way Mm -hmm. to to utilize those that connected world so and we thought what can we do for business well we could do that in christchurch we could do that in addington and we we landed on um, starting a cafe. So we're not passionate about cafes to start off with. We're not like, mm. you know, there's a difference. Uh, you get into something because of, of what you're selling or because of the purpose behind it. But for us, it was, uh, we could start a business that would um, that would be good for the community it's in, but also, you know, generate um, money that could be used locally and globally for, for good 
and mm. I guess redistribute some of that that mm. income. Um, and so that's the, the genesis of Addington. There's a weak Kolkata connection there for us. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And the the thing that strikes me is that you came in quite purposeful and you know thinking about what it could do within the community. So presumably, if you'd landed on we should do a bowling alley or we should do a laundromat or could something. Well, we did do it, a laundromat too, actually. But oh, yeah. did you? <laughs> well, it, it, could <laughs> yeah. have, it could have been something yeah. else is the point. It was more Absolutely. like, let's be strategic here. We want to enrich this community that we're in and have connection with overseas. Yeah, totally. And I was stressed to be part of enriching. We certainly don't think we've got all the answers at all. But um, yeah, and, and look, a cafe is a, is a good way to do that. It's a lot of work. People mm-hmm. often have asked me, oh, can I talk to you about setting up a cafe? I'm like, don't do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you know, you really have to want to do it to make it work. Um, and so, yeah, we, we started this cafe. We bought a building in, in Addington and renovated it on a shoestring budget ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and then... We had no idea what we're doing in terms right. of running cafes. So none of you were like, you know, the former owner no, of a no. cafe. Oh, one of... person had started one and, you know, I won't say too much. It was fun, but, you know, yeah. it's, it's not going still. Love you, Matt. Um, and uh, and so we um, yeah, didn't know what we're doing. But as I say, a bit of passion and some smarts can go a long way. So mm-hmm. we bought a coffee roaster. Never roasted before. Uh, and... And we, um, gee, I remember doing our original budget, you know, and I thought, I think we, we'd budget on making 50 coffees a day or something. And I think we, I don't know, made a couple of hundred on the first day or something. So right. um, this is 15 years ago now, don't quote me on the stats, but something like that. And I think from day one, we were like, hang on, people are coming into this place, what's going on? Right. Like, uh, we expected this to be one of those cafes where, all our friends were just hanging out and hopefully they bought a coffee or something. Mm. Um, and so, so what was going on there? Why do you think it was successful right from the beginning? Was it the location? Was it just <laughs> the vibe of the, that, that you created or yeah. Uh, just like the band thing, a bit of right place, right time. And I think maybe cause we took nine months to fit it out and people were just driving past every day going, what are those guys what doing? Are they doing? So they finally <laughs> Why are they in. taking so yeah. long? <laughs> finally come in. And, um, but from day one, we were, we were always very careful that we, we really wanted to do it well. And so when you come in, we'd, we'd, we'd provide good service. We'd want you to be there. Um, we'd make the coffee and food as good as we can. Excellence was a thing. It matters, mm. you know. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, it just, it just happened to build. And I think if you care, that that's half the battle. I still say that to our staff today. It's like mm. all we've got to do is turn up every day and care about what we have to care about today and and things will be okay as far as we can control you know mm-hmm. as soon as we stop caring it goes goes bad so yeah uh people kept coming back and you know then the earthquakes hit which gosh it seems so long ago now but it still seems like yesterday as well mm. um and you know like for us the western side of Christchurch was was obviously you know fared much better than the east you know which is really really sad to see the city sort of tilted like that um and our building was safe and we ended up having a lot more business than we did in the past and a lot of those people kept coming back i suppose so mm. um we, we've managed to, to grow there and, and addington's as a suburb has changed mm. a lot as well 
Yeah, it certainly has. I mean, I have an accent, but I actually grew up in Christchurch, so we moved here in 1989 right. originally. So to me, Addington was always sort of like a commercial sort of area. I, I don't even remember going there, you know. Mm. It was just kind of you drove through it. But these days, I think with the earthquakes and people moving out of the central city, it's kind of on the fringes of that central city. So it's really grown up. There's a lot of businesses there. Mm. I think MediaWorks have their offices there. There's a whole bunch of different you know new population that's moved in totally yeah it, it's it's um it's a different place than it was but still very diverse and very vibrant and and um mm. it's got its characters still and uh i i love living there mm. yeah and working there too so yeah yeah i had glenn dodson on who runs the salvation army mm-hmm. um location there so he was describing a little bit about what they do as well like right in the heart of this newly emerging place there's people coming leaving prison basically and, mm-hmm. and getting yeah. accommodation there yeah so it's very diverse that's my point absolutely yeah. yeah 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 and the co-op side of it why did you choose that name or yeah what were you trying to get across full disclosure we're not actually a co-op yeah so, um, well that's why i'm asking yeah. the question but <laughs> uh you know co-op in the true sense of the word uh for us once again a name yeah. so hard to come up with yeah uh and we we like using the name Addington because we're in Addington sure. coffee because we sell coffee and then uh, co-op we need something it just had a bit of a um, you know and there was Littleton Coffee Company at the time we didn't want to be confused with them mm-hmm. um, and so co-op but it had, it had a ring of it that there's something uh, I guess a little bit more charitable about it than mm-hmm. than a, pu- a, pu- a purely for-profit right. business which you know legally we are but in um, practice, mm. we're not. Yeah. yeah, there's something else going yeah. on there. And right from the beginning, were you using words like social enterprise or, you know, because that's relatively mm. recent no. type of terminology. We've always sort of had to use that to, to explain it these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, look, that's a spectrum, you know, like mm. I think for, for us, we're, we're a business, we're privately owned. Um, and, you know, the owners don't take any profit out of the business. You get paid if you work in it. Uh, and so a social enterprise, uh, you know, and I've seen this written, you know, in the literature that's, that's, that's on a spectrum. We, mm. social enterprise, there's no kind of line. No. But it's difficult to make a line that, uh, um, what's a social enterprise? Uh, but I think, you know, from the start, we've seen that business can be used for a force of good as a force of good and it is by so many people um and it's obviously used not for a force of good by a lot of people a lot Mm -hmm. of businesses as well uh and uh there's varying degrees that you can make that work and Mm -hmm. for us that was the main reason we exist Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well it's been fascinating to me to watch sort of this network of businesses across the country realizing that there is this potential mm. and one i'm thinking of was a guest on the show now he's like episode number 32 i think which is nigel cottle mm-hmm. um so what they're doing up in the north island is kind of with kind cafe and um you know they've kind of very similar to you gone into a community with very purposeful and intentional and i think you guys get together and share yeah, the, notes right the similarities there well i mean more than we've actually just formed a partnership with nigel and his crew up there mm-hmm. On the coffee side, so we've formed a new coffee brand, Common Good Coffee, and in the last six months, actually. Mm-hmm. And so there are, are partners up in Auckland, mm-hmm. actually, now. So um, funny you should say that. So, yeah, we're, we're working together. Yeah. 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 Well, the, the day that I interviewed him here in the same room, 
he was then going to meet you, I think. Sure. So yeah. I knew that there was a connection there. Yeah. But he's up in Morningside, which is kind of traditionally maybe an industrial sort of suburb, but they moved in intentionally and they set up this cafe. And yeah, it's, uh, mm. yeah, it's just interesting to see echoes across the country. Mm. So that's one type of industry, but also there's many others where Absolutely. people are bringing a new lens to business as a force for good. And it's very hard to box all those into one category or yeah. style or nature of impact. And I think mm. that can be dangerous as well. And I think, I think every, every, every social enterprise, um, you know, has its own contribution and it needs mm. to be proud of that and it needs to stand up mm. for that. And I think everyone needs to be moving on a trajectory to do more good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. Day by day. I was on a call. Louise from Akina mm-hmm. Foundation was on it as well. And we were just riffing off the idea of the term social enterprise itself. And it's something, and I wrote a book called Social Enterprise in New Zealand, a legal handbook. Mm-hmm. But I'm yep. moving more towards this word impact and purpose as a better concept rather than social enterprise. And I think Louise agrees, you know, as somebody who's deep embedded in this across the country. Yeah. You know, absolutely. You, you run into two problems with lines in the sand. Either it, they get diluted or um, they become so hard to cross that no one bothers. So I think, yeah, yeah, the impact sounds like a. Yeah, the thing I always worry about is that social enterprise would be a term that people say, oh, they do that. Yeah. Like that's what they do. And adding coffee cup, well, that's what those people do rather than it needs to be principles that all businesses are adopting and applying. So, you know, thinking about how we use business as a force for good. Totally, yeah. Like, yeah. Is, is Patagonia a social enterprise? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You read the yeah. book, you feel like it is. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's good. Yeah. So bring us up to speed. Like, what's going on right now? And, yeah, how, yeah, what are you involved in today? Yeah, so, like, a, like a big, um, the, the, the business is, is my my jam is what I'm involved in, in aside from the odd Z, Z show mm-hmm. um, and like a, a really big part of that business is actually a connection with India and uh, so as part of the, the, the business that I manage we've got the, the, the coffee side and the cafe side we've got liminal apparel which um, distributes clothing and promotional products and, and bags um, in New Zealand and Australia that are made in Kolkata and they're made in in um, yeah, factories where job opportunities are created for people who really need them in areas, communities that are really poor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's a really big part of what, I, what I'm working on at the moment with partners over, overseas in India and, and the US is um, actually yeah, coming together to essentially work, work together on growing that and um, I guess selling more but actually having more impact in, the, in those communities over in in India as well, so mm. I think that's um, that's the global component of what I'm part of and love love to be part of. It's mm. it's a privilege to be part of. Yeah, mm. that's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's yeah, that's that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, yeah, that's great. And the common good, the coffee. Yeah, yeah. What is that? Can people order it? Is you it can. A- yeah. So that is uh, that's a, a, a new coffee brand. Uh, which is sort of birthed out of Addington Coffee Co-op and we've partnered with, with Crave Cafe and Kind Cafe in Auckland and um, a company called Good Change in Wanganui who service the lower North Island 
and we basically come together to form this coffee brand, uh, which, uh, yeah, we we call it, the, the tagline is three times as good as regular coffee, mm-hmm. um, which is pr- slightly provocative, but really we're saying, hey, look, it's it tastes it tastes really good. It's quality. We use it in our cafes. Our cafes are busy. That works. Um, and it's it's ethically traded, so the, the fair trade supply chain is, and organic supply chain is really important to us. Mm. And um, the profits that we make actually do good. So there's there's three things that we think make it good. Mm-hmm. So that's that's Common Good Coffee. And mm-hmm. uh, you can get it online, so commongoodcoffee.nz. Mm-hmm. We Google that. And uh, yeah, shipping nationwide as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, what we can do in the show notes is put links to things. So if people yep. are interested, they'll be able to click through. And we've actually mentioned a number of names, uh, as well as Anything Coffee Co-op. There's the Common Good Coffee, uh, maybe also some of the India-related things. Yep. And um, yeah, we can throw some stuff in. And I might put Nigel's interview in as well, because his story is quite fascinating, yeah, how sure. he got involved in what he's doing today, his Pacific Island background and stuff. So yeah, that's really good. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Appreciate your time. And um, it's Friday afternoon as we're talking, but you've sacrificed that to come and chat with me for seeds. So it was probably a it. more productive hour than I would have had had back at work. So you think? Uh, and, and apologies, it's taken a while to get here, but it's been 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 a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. no worries. So what we'll do, um, people can check out the show notes. But I really just want to draw out. You know, you may not appreciate it yourself, but being open to opportunities putting yourself there in the way in, in the place that the opportunities will show themselves you know there's several examples in your life both from the band the the camps that you were helping with and then Addington Coffee Co-op so I think there's actually quite a lot we can learn from you and then also I'm quite interested it's been fascinating to hear a little bit about the Z story and sort of how did it begin and what it was actually like being involved so thank you so much for coming on the show yeah no problem well, I do hope you enjoyed that conversation with Adrian or Age. For me, there were several things that stood out, and I really enjoyed how he downplayed being in the right place at the right time, because I think that you actually have to have the eyes that are open to see the opportunities when they come across your path. If you enjoyed this, then check out some of the other episodes in the back catalog. And there's heaps more content at theseeds.nz. Until next time. Mm-hmm.